Hallelujah, hallelujah. We all know that word, right? That's one word that needs no translation. And uh, it's been a good time of worshiping together. If you're listening in on our podcast, we want to just give you a heads up of what's going to happen. I'm going to say something in English, and my friend Joseph is going to say it in Kinyarwanda, which is the language of Congo and Burundi and, and other African nations. So we are going to begin. Today we are continuing our sermon series on the book of Hebrews titled Better Than Ever. We've been learning about how Jesus and his new covenant were and are better than ever. So far, we've considered how Jesus is better than angels and better than Moses. We've also learned how Jesus offers us a better rest and is a better high priest than any of the high priests that have come before him. This morning, we'll be considering how Jesus offered a better sacrifice on our behalf when he took our place on the cross. In our study from the book of Hebrews today, we'll see that Christ is not only a better high priest, he also offers a better sacrifice for our sins. So please join with me and turn to chapter 10 of the book of Hebrews which is on page 1873 in the blue hardcover Bible in the seat in front of you. We'll be focusing on verses 11 through 18. They'll also be on the screen behind me. In this passage, the writer of Hebrews is comparing the repetitive sacrifices of the Old Testament priests offered under the law of Moses with the single sacrifice of Christ offered under the new covenant. Let's look at verses 11 and 12 first. Verse 11 says, Day after day, every priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again, he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this high priest had offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. Here we see the daily sacrifices for sin under the Old Covenant being translated or transist, uh, contrasted by Christ's single sacrifice. And because the sacrifices in the Old Testament could not take away sin, they had to be offered 
over and over every day. Notice, notice that it also says the Old Testament priests had to stand every day as they offered these same sacrifices again and again. But in verse 12, it tells us that Christ offered one single sacrifice for all time and then sat down in the presence of God. His position at the right hand of God is a position of honor and privilege and power. And the fact that Jesus is sitting down in the presence of God means that the work is finished, it's completed. His one sacrifice was perfect and it secured full and final forgiveness for the sins of those who would believe. So now let's look at verse 13 and 14 next. Since that time, he waits for his enemies to be made his footstool. And because by one sacrifice, he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Now, verse 13 is referencing Psalm 110 and the process by which all things are brought under Christ's authority. Eventually, all that opposes Christ will be defeated and placed under his feet. And then, only those who have come to God through faith in Christ will remain with him forever. Now, verse 14 is where we get our bottom line for today's message. That bottom line is that Christ's sacrifice was perfect, and it makes us perfect in God's sight. Now, this doesn't mean that all believers are already sinless, but rather that Christ has fully earned our perfection. And that means that when we come to Christ, we are made perfect in God's sight through Christ's sacrifice for us. Verse 14 also says that we are in the process of being made holy or set apart for God and for his purposes. And as we become more completely like Jesus, we become more holy and more consecrated to him and to his will for our lives. This takes place through the work of the Holy Spirit, which is the writer of Hebrews and is referred to next in verse 15 and 16. 
Angaha rero niho dutunganyirizwa bwose ku murongo wa 15 no wa 16. Verse 15 The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. Kandi umwuka wera niwe mugabo wo kuduhamiriza ibyo amaze kuvuga ati. First he says this is the covenant I will make with them after that time says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Avuga ngo iri ndi josezerana nosezeranye nabo hanyuma yiyo minsi niko witeka avuga nzashira amategeko yanje mu mitima yabo kandi no mu bwenge bwabo niho nzayandika. This quote from Jeremiah 33 explains what will take place in the new covenant which we are now a part of. In the process of being made holy or set apart for God, the Holy Spirit moves the law of God, or rather the will of God, from something that is outside of us and external to something that is inside of us and internal. So now, instead of the law commanding us to live a certain way from outside of us, the Holy Spirit comes into us and compels us to live for God from within us. We respond to God's incredible grace extended to us through Christ by surrendering our will to his will as the Holy Spirit reveals it to us. But this takes place in our lives as he writes his laws, his will, on our hearts and in our minds through practices like prayer and Bible reading and fellowship and worship. As we grow in Christ's likeness, we learn to imitate Christ more and more, and we naturally sin less and serve others more. As Dallas Willard has said, discipleship is not about how hard we try to live for Christ, but rather how easy it becomes to live as he lived. This new covenant of grace invites us to surrender our will to his daily and to follow Christ in thought, word, and action. And the Holy Spirit becomes our guide in this process as we respond to God's grace through a life of faithfulness. Verses 17 and 18 close the passage by reminding us of just how completely we have been forgiven in Christ. In verse 17 it says, Their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. And where these have been forgiven, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. Verses 18 and 
So do you realize that the all-seeing, all-knowing, ever-present God of the universe says he will remember your sins no more on the basis of Christ's sacrifice? And if God doesn't remember it, it's as if it didn't happen. But he doesn't stop there. He makes it clear in verse 18 that he has not just forgotten our sin, he has chosen to forgive it. And because his forgiveness is so complete, no additional sacrifices are needed. The daily sacrifices of the old covenant can cease because the better sacrifice Christ offers for us is completely and eternally sufficient. So when we come to Christ and accept his better sacrifice as the payment for our sins, God chooses to see us as sinless if we are in Christ. Don't forget our bottom line. Christ's sacrifice was perfect, and it makes us perfect in God's sight. So God not only cancels the debt, he wipes the slate clean, he deletes the file, he empties the trash can, and reboots the system. I'm not sure how that translated. <laughs> but Psalm 103 even says that God removes our sin as far from us as the east is from the west. Think about that for a moment. If you go out these front doors and start going north, and you go north all the way up through Canada, all the way to the North Pole, what's going to happen? When you get there, you will be forced to go south, correct? But if you walk out those doors and go east, you can go east forever and never have to go west. That's why God says he separates our sin as far as the east is from the west. Not as far as the north is from the south. And as he does this, he invites us to live a life free from sin. Because his will has been made known to us and placed within us through his Holy Spirit. And he invites us to test and to prove that his will for us is better. It is entirely for our good. It is completely for our healing. And it is ultimately for the redemption of the whole world. So as we prepare to celebrate Christ's better sacrifice through communion this morning, 
kwishimira ico gitambo kimwe kizimagishimwa I hope that you will reflect on all that this sacrifice has accomplished for you. Turibuze kuja kuruhimbi mukanya gatoya kugira ngo dutekereze kuri ico gitambo catambwe kubwacu. We serve an open communion here at Linwood so you don't have to be an official member to partake in the Lord's Supper with us. Hano tu kwa kiruruhimbi kumuntu wese uri hano ntabugomba kuba mambere w'itorero. Our only requirement is that you honor Christ's command that as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of him. And if you have children with you, they are welcome to participate as well, so long as you're confident that they understand the meaning and significance of the experience. I'd like to invite the communion servers to come forward now and prepare the elements. They will open the bread and the cup to us representing the body and the blood of Christ. In a moment, please come forward by the center aisles and return by the outside aisles. Two far sections will come down the aisle between you, across the front, and then return along the outside. Two center sections come down the center aisle and return around the outside, and likewise over there. We do ask that you hold the elements as you return to your seat until all have been served and then we'll partake of them together. If you do require gluten-free bread, that's available at the center table, so just come down the center aisle to receive that. And if you're unable to come to the front of the sanctuary, please remain seated and get my attention as I move through the sanctuary and I'll bring the elements to you. In these next few moments, please examine your hearts, confess any sins in your life, and receive his forgiveness and rejoice in his better sacrifice on your behalf. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time to participate in the Lord's Supper together. We pray your blessing over this time. Reveal to us anything that's come between us and you and help us to meditate and reflect upon the great sacrifice that you have made on our behalf. May we see it anew and afresh today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.